0: Green scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working
1: alongside Irish communities towards a low-carbon future.
0: We pledge to do more.
1: Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm going to shock people when I say that you're going to the Auras today, but it's not to cause a general election?
0: No, that's correct. (laughs) So um, the President has summoned the Council of State and that will meet in the RS today. Um, I think it's the first time in seven or eight years that the um, Council of State has been uh, called and it's the um, President's prerogative to do so. There there are two provisions under which you can. One is if he's thinking of addressing the joint uh, House of the Erectus and the second is if he's considering referring a bill to the Supreme Court to test its constitutionality. So... um, so that will happen today. So it's, 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 it's me, the Thanj, the Cahirlach, the Kyankorla, the various appointees, all the former T-shig, uh mm. and uh, former Chief Justices. Justice, I think. I've, n- I've never been to it. I'm, I'm on it for life, but it's the first time I've okay. attended meetings. So, a meeting. so, so, uh, so I, mean, I mean, all going
1: well, the next time you go to the Oris will be to call a general election. Well,
0: n- not at all. I, I, I visit Auras Newton regularly. <laughs> so um, you don't hear about it, but under Article 28 of the Constitution, I... Uh, meet with the President every couple of weeks to uh, discuss domestic and world affairs and um, and then also attend for judicial appointments too. Uh, so it's not something people see much of, but it is, it is part, of the, part of the job of being Taoiseach.
1: Now, you're here to talk about uh, the budget and I'd put it to you that it's a, a very political budget with an eye to that general election whenever it happens and, of course, the elections beforehand.
0: Well, I think it's about a number of things. Um, above all, it's about putting money back in people's pockets, um, making sure that you earn more and that you get to keep more of the money that you earn. Um, it, there's also a cost of living package there, really recognising um, how high uh, the cost of living is now at the moment with a particular focus on energy bills. Um and then there's uh, additional funding for the Gardaí, Building Safer, Stronger in Communities. Um, and then there's uh, a focus on children as well. Um, you know, reduced childcare costs, uh, free school books and secondary school, extending child benefit to 18 year and full-time education. So there's a lot of priorities there by government.
1: Oh, OK. Um, and I'm just wondering, uh, because I suggest to you it's a political budget, is that uh, you're maybe trying to limit... Uh, the scope for opposition parties and particularly Sinn Féin in terms of what they might promise the next time round. I mean, you've done a lot in childcare. Uh, social welfare has been boosted. The minimum wage has been boosted. Tax breaks have been given to pretty much all earners. So, um, you know, you'll probably do a bit more of that if you survive to have another budget for Budget 2025.
0: Uh, We will, um, provided the economy remains remains strong and we we can afford to do it. Um, You know, bear in mind, a big feature of this budget is um, what we're doing with the two funds. Um, uh, We really are thinking ahead well beyond the next election to future generations. So we're setting up what's going to be called the Future Ireland Fund, and that's a fund we're going to put money into to pay for future pension costs. It's not a rainy day fund, as Michael McGrath says. These are costs we know are going to arise because we have an ageing... This is not a
1: just-in-case fund. This is an inevitability
0: fund. We're absolutely sure that we're going to have more pensioners. And um, with the population ageing, pension costs, healthcare costs and social care costs are going to be very high. So we want to set aside some money for that. And the second thing is something which I feel really strongly about. um, I'm really glad we're doing it, is an infrastructure, climate and nature fund. Because there's been been a tradition in Ireland of start-stop investment. Um, So when the economy slows down, when we go into recession, um, the first thing that gets cut is the capital investment budget. Um, So, you know, the metro gets delayed, social housing gets slowed down, the school building program gets slowed down, new hospitals don't get built um, and this new fund will help us to okay, break so out of that two, cycle. Two,
1: two funds. How can you ring fence those? Because it's open to another government, whether it's headed by Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin or whoever, mm. uh, to raid the fund. I mean, people who had pensions remember Michael Noonan raiding their pensions in the bad old days.
0: Well, it's done done in legislation. Uh, so it, it it would be up to a future government to use it for different purposes. Um, but we would certainly hope that would not be the case. Um, and it's a, it's one of a number of funds we have because uh, we also have the ISIT. Um we, we have the social insurance fund, so your PSI goes into that. That's now in surplus. So if, for example, there is an economic shock and unemployment re- went up, we can use that money, not higher taxes, to fund job seekers' benefit. And then we also have something called the National Training Fund, and that's in surplus too. So again, if there is an economic shock and there was a rise in unemployment, we'd have money to put people back through yeah. education But you can't really stop so really any future incel- government
1: incel- raiding those funds. Um,
0: th- no. th- 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 that is a real risk. Like that th- That is is that that is a real risk. And I, and I just just hope we don't have a government in the future that does that. When I when I was first um, elected to government it was 2011 now. I remember my first budget. Um, I remember meeting with Michael Noon at the time. Um, very tough times. The Troika were in town. Um, and the first thing I had to do as Minister for Transport, Tourism and Sport, was take €400 million Euros out of my budget. Um, and I never want anyone, uh, I don't care what party they're from, I don't want anyone ever to have to face those decisions again. And the fact that we have um, these four funds will, I think, put future governments in a much better position if we get into trouble again economically. That's not on the rise at the moment, but history teaches mm-hmm. us that sooner or later we... we, we, we We won't be doing so well economically.
1: Now, now, IFAC were warning, the the, uh, Irish Fiscal Advisory Council warning against fanning inflation Mm. by literally putting money into people's pockets, uh, priming the economy, which is already going gangbusters. Um, So that's why is this all about elections rather than doing the prudent thing? Well,
0: you know, I, I respect IFAC. Um, it is our fiscal watchdog. I was a member of the government that set it up. It's important that we have it. Um, they did make a similar criticism in, in the past. Um, um, and if you, if, if you look at where we are with inflation, it was running at 10% uh, this time last year. It's now down around 5%. Um, and we're confident that it'll fall to about 3 next year. So, um, of course... Any time you increase somebody's pay or pension, any time you reduce their taxes, any time you increase social welfare, um, that is inflationary. But does that mean you never do that? Uh, And... Thankfully, we're in a position now where inflation is is moderating and is starting to fall.
1: How much of all of this is recurring, in other words? And it's quite easy to see social welfare increases Mm. will be there. Uh, Any double payments, they tend to be, you know, eaten bread soon forgotten. If you get a double payment before Christmas this year, you certainly expect the same double payment uh, next year. Um, the, The tax situation, putting more money in people's pockets with the tax. More SNAs in schools, they cannot be reduced in hard mm-hmm. times. They're an ongoing uh, school books. Uh, I suspect that, you know, you might even go to Leaving Cert next year. Hope so. Yeah. yeah. But but I- again, uh, you know, hot meals, that's a, a non, mm. a, it's a recurring expense. So that's going to have to keep uh, going. So, yeah,
0: so some, most of it is recurring that, you know, the reductions in tax in USC um, will be built on in years ahead. The welfare and pension increases and then the services which you mentioned, um, the new services, uh, they will be recurring. What's not recurring are things like the energy credits. If we continue to see the electricity companies reduce prices, we wouldn't intend to repeat them next year. And then, you know, the January bonus, for example, um, and the one off bonuses in child benefit and living alone fuel allowance, the ones that the one-off pa- payments that people receive this side of christmas mm-hmm. we, we don't expect to be in a position to have to repeat them next year particularly if if, if we do get inflation down to three percent or less
1: now the the uh, money back on rates paid which will be given mm-hmm. in the form of a grant yeah. um is that really to soften the blow for small businesses who are going to have to pay more on the minimum wage
0: well it's not just the minimum wage um businesses particularly small businesses um particularly in in rural Ireland and the border areas, um, are experiencing very high increases in costs. Uh, Labour costs are part of it, but at a time of of full employment, you know, even if the minimum wage wasn't going up, employers are paying a lot more for staff um, and also they've higher energy bills as well. Uh, so uh, we felt it was important to recognise that the Low Pay Commission did recommend it that we um, do something for small businesses in particular. So essentially, what Mr Coveney is putting together is a package of 250 million euros. Um, in the form of a grant to small business. It'll be linked to the amount of rates they pay, but not a rates rebate. rebate and that will, they'll get that in the new year and that will help them uh, with cash flow, help them to meet some of those additional costs. And crucially, and this is important for your listeners, um, by helping small businesses with some of those costs, they'll be less likely to have to pass on some of those costs in the form of pay increases. So it's yeah. not just for business, it'll
1: help. But are they too. going to be in kind of demanding the same kind of rebate next year? Um,
0: look, they may look for it. Um, and, you know, I'd be disappointed if business groups didn't look for things in the budget. Um, but again, it's not something that we intend uh, intend to be, be a recurring measure. This is a one-off. Um, that's, that, it, yes, it is a one-off. But one thing that I would say, um, the world is so unpredictable at the moment. Um, two years ago, a mm-hmm. war started in Ukraine that nobody thought would happen. You see what's happening now in the Middle East. We see what's happening now with climate uh, if there's anything I've, I've learned from my time in government is to expect the unexpected um, and never to rule things out because you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but it's also why it's so important to have a strong economy now, uh, it, because that, that allows you to make it, choices.
1: In terms of the kind of things uh, you've done, um, there are two areas that we'll come to in a moment, health and housing. But in terms of things you've done, uh, what you've done for schools, uh, what you've done for the SNAs I've mentioned, school books, school meals, Um child care, again, uh, uh, more help for people who are using child care. Uh, it seems to me you're trying to limit the scope for any opposition party to campaign against you because you're kind of doing all the things that they've been threatening to do where they empower.
0: Um, look, we're just doing what we think, what we think is but right. But you're
1: taking the scope afford. away from them. You're, you're, if you like, narrowing the campaign field.
0: I don't think that's entirely the case. Um, you know, if you look at what we're doing for small business, there's no way the opposition parties would do that. Um, if you look at their policies, what they want is a 4% hike in employers' PRSI So whereas we're helping business, they would hit business. Um, and then if you look at the areas around income tax and USC, there's no way, you know, Sinn Féin Social mm-hmm. Democrats' Labour would be doing that. You know, people would be paying, the average person would be paying about, you know, thousands more in tax.
1: Well, what did you make of their contention? This was a, a budget for landlords, not a budget for renters. Look that
0: just doesn't add up um so so the rent the rent credit is is going up to seven fifty uh if you, and that's per renter, so if you're a couple, that's fifteen hundred if there's three of you renting, that's two thousand two hundred and fifty um even in this city, that should cover about a month's rent um for landlords, it's six hundred so it's much less um the thinking though behind the tax credit for landlords is that it is cumulative um if you don't sell
1: uh if you keep. Do you you think it's enough though to keep landlords in the the market that they get a few hundred every year against a background maybe they're charging two thousand a month that'd be twenty four thousand a year and the government is promising them you know a few hundred euro.
0: Well, we're going to have to see. So the way it works is that it's cumulative. So each year that you stay in the market, um, you get more uh, as a tax credit. But if you sell up before twenty twenty seven, you have to give the money back to the government. Uh, So it is designed as an incentive to keep it doesn't doesn't go to the big commercial landlords doesn't go to the funds only goes to the small landlords and is designed to keep them from selling up because we need more supply and we also need um we also need need to Mm. do things to to try and keep rents down
1: now you're a doctor you're also former health minister why did health not get more because even with normal inflation if they stuck to the kind of the money they're spending proportionately with inflation they would need more
0: well well Help got a billion more and uh, a reserve fund of a billion as well that they can draw on. Um, The health budget has increased dramatically. Um, You mentioned I I was health minister. I was back in 2016. The budget then was 14,000 million euros. It's now close to 24,000 million euros. Um, that's not a one-off. It's an no. extra ten billion every year going into health. Twenty-two thousand more staff. So what's gone wrong there? Um, well, a lot of things have gone right, I should say. No, but you know,
1: like we seem to spend between private health insurance and what the government puts in directly into our hospital services, we spend a huge amount of money by any international comparison, and in certain areas we don't get results. Now, once you get through mm. the gatekeepers, um, the hospital care tends to be very, yep. very good. But there are so many things at the coalface, whether it's scoliosis or A&E, that just don't work properly.
0: There are are areas, and you did did acknowledge it, that that do work properly. There isn't really a waiting list to see your GP in the way there is in the NHS, for example. Um, We've among the best life expectancy in in the world. That's not because we're so healthy. It's in large part because of our health services functioning much better than it did in the past, at least in terms of patient outcomes. So again, compare us to the NHS across the way generally speaking better outcomes when it comes to heart attack, when it comes to stroke, when it comes to cancer survival. So, the investment is is working, um, but there are particular pinch points. And one is the emergency departments. Uh, so we will need extra beds to deal with that. Um, and then another area is 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 waiting lists. People waiting for too long to see a specialist uh, or to get the appointment they need. Now, unlike most countries in Europe, we've actually seen waiting lists peak after the pandemic and they've been more or less trending downwards. That hasn't been the experience across most of Europe, but there's still far too many people waiting too long.
1: Um, housing. Um, again, uh, Sinn Féin are saying they would build more social housing particularly. Mm. um you're saying you're on target this year for 29,000 houses and I'm I'm doing the sums if you think that whatever the unit might be it might be a three bedroom house a four bedroom house it might be a two bedroom apartment or a, a one bedroom apartment but if you could take per unit maybe two and a half yep. uh, people per unit You're looking at uh, housing, what, about 70,000 people.
0: Yeah, that's about right.
1: Yeah. Now, the Leaving Cert every year is the way to do it. 70,000 people might do the Leaving Cert. Mm. So you'd think that you're kind of matching the the population that is ultimately going to want a home. Uh, But it's try to get rid of the backlog and you won't make progress yeah, yeah, so, on that so, unless so, you build more than 29,000.
0: That's correct. Um, so we, we will be, We built more than 29,000 last year and we will build more than 29,000 this year. I'm confident that we will exceed that number. Um, and there are some indications, uh, although these are very early ones from the construction industry and so on, that we might even get close to something like 40,000 uh, next year. Now, that would be great um, because what you said is, is correct uh, to kind of meet... Uh, the population is increasing and household sizes are getting smaller to kind of meet the demand. You need about thirty thirty five thousand 35,000 new homes a year to really get...
1: That's the current day. demand, but yeah. then you have yeah. to get yeah. so, rid so, of the so, backlog. So there's
0: the build-up backlog from the post-crash year is when no homes were built um, because the banks were bust and the government was broke um, so there's a deficit there I think of about a quarter of a million homes quite frankly um, and we need to be getting over 30,000 to be eating into that deficit and I think that's wh- where we're going to be next year we're going to start to get that deficit okay, but
1: Sinn Féin's policy uh, owner of Britain, said it on this programme that they would stop the construction of things like data centres hotels etc mm. etc cetera, et cetera, to pull manpower off those building sites and to put them into housing what do you say to that?
0: I'm not entirely sure how you do that Um, and um, bear in mind you know one one thing that we do need to continue to do is to think about um, where the jobs of the future are going to be like I was enterprise minister for three three and a half years I, I know how business works I know how big companies and multinationals think, you can't just turn around and say to them, you know, we don't want your factory or we don't want your office block being built, you know, come back in three or four years when we think we have enough housing. That's not the way boardrooms in London or Brussels or Frankfurt or New York think. Um, If a government says to them, uh, thank you for thinking of making this 30-year investment in our country, but can you you come back in four years? They won't come back, they'll go elsewhere. They'll, They'll go to countries where their investment is welcome.
1: Um, Back to health for a moment. Uh, People were expecting that there might be a ban on disposable vapes. Now, it's being recognised internationally, I think, now that the vapes are a scourge for young people, that people who might not bother with tobacco because it's not trendy anymore to smoke fags are now vaping. And this could lead to a, a massive health crisis.
0: Well, so, so we're, we're in the process of banning the sale of apes to uh, minors. And also we're going to bring in a licensing system like tobacco to make sure that retailers have to be properly but when? Uh, licensed. Because um, it, it's a bit it urgent. It is, isn't it? so it's, it's, it's months, more, months more so than years. Um, uh, we haven't made a decision yet on, on banning disposables. We probably will do that. Um, but we are part of a European single market and we'd have to make sure that we'd have approval from from other members of that market to do it.
1: Um, some of the text coming in, it feels like the Taoiseach and the government have no awareness of the real impact of minimum wage increase. It's a populist policy that a few feel comfortable articulating their disagreement with, yet these increases continue to punish employers, disincentivize productivity, drive inflation, and pushes the bar up for all wages. In other words, the people who are doing okay... Mm. Then suddenly, the underling who was just stacking shelves gets a, a an increase. Yep. Every employee up the chain has got a cor- get a corresponding increase.
0: Yeah, and I I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, you, you know, I, I'm somebody who is pro business. I'm somebody who's uh, in the centre centre right of politics, but I'm I'm a strong believer in higher wages uh, and increasing the minimum wage and moving to a living wage. Um, I've been hearing for years uh, that if we increase Uh, The minimum wage, if we give people better protections like paternity benefit and parental leave and and sick pay, that um, businesses would close and the number of people in employment would fall. That has not happened. There have never been more people that work in Ireland than now. 2.6 2.6 mm. million. It is possible to improve wages, improve yeah. terms and conditions.
1: There are various sectors where people uh, do have difficulties. I, I know that foster carers are so worried that when they come to retirement age, they'll have no entitlement to a proper pension as they've no work credits built up. Mm. People are going to withdraw their services to the foster care sector. Uh, we should uh, be considered employees of the state and treated fairly and given security. Now, there was an increase yesterday announced, yes, yeah. but that whole thing of, I feel like, some sort of security of tenure and looking to the future some sort of security for uh, pension?
0: Yeah, we, we we look at that. Um, that's a fair point. Uh, one of the things Mr Humphreys is doing at the moment is um, recognising family carers. So there are a lot of people who are family carers. Um, they're in the seat of the carers allowance. Um, they're not able to, to work full-time uh, or even part-time because of their caring responsibilities. And she's going to recognise the work they do as a credit towards a contributory state pension. And we'll look at that in relation to foster, foster parents as well. I, I think mm-hmm. that's a fair point.
1: Because they do a fantastic job for the state. They, they really do, do, and we need them.
0: And sa- sadly, for, for lots of reasons, um, it, it, uh, w- we need more foster parents. Um, you'll know about the number of uh, unaccompanied minors who've come over from abroad, mm-hmm. children who really need uh, somebody to step into the role of being parents. And... Um, um these are great people uh, faster parents faster carers and maybe is they do yeah. they are and, and it is a specific budget line that they yeah. Maybe we're overlooked in the past. We, we didn't do that in this budget.
1: Now, um, you're a, a man who uh, coined the phrase, you know, helping the people who get up early in the morning. Uh, this is a text. Regarding the social welfare increases, my son goes to work, hail, rain or snow, 36 hours a week for 26k per annum. This budget gives him an extra €266 Euro in 2024. He also has the cost of running a car to get to work. The social welfare increases alone are worth 624 next year, never mind the extra benefits like medical cards and fuel allowance where are the incentives, the rewards for the hard-working class? Now, this guy's probably yeah. young and still mm-hmm. making his way in the world, but yeah, you know, so, he, so he'd be better off staying at home, maybe.
0: W- well, no, and I think this, is, this goes back to the point that you made earlier about um, increases in the minimum wage, which then have a knock-on effect for other people in low pay. So the increase in the minimum wage for somebody working full-time is an extra €53 Euros a week, and he will probably benefit from... Uh, some sort of pay increase next year. The increase for somebody on social welfare is twelve. So we are very much wise to that, and we're making sure that uh, the incentive to work uh, is, is 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 increasing all the time. And another piece of that. Is making sure that we have things like universal benefits so the free school books are not means tested we're extending the hot school meals to um, non desh schools non disadvantaged schools Uh, the childcare reduction uh, in fees is for everyone and the GP visit cards have now been extended to roughly half the population and that's conscious of the fact that sometimes when people get a pay increase or work harder or work more they lose those benefits and that's why there's been a move towards universal benefits
1: Uh, This question from Margaret, why didn't the budget include first time buyers help to second hand housing because in our large county town there's no new housing being built mm. we
0: did think about that because
1: um, so, it was one of the kites that was flown
0: well I, th- I think it might have been suggested by someone I can't remember who, who it was but we did think about it um, and the way Help to Buy works uh, as you know it is it gives you three years of your income tax back particularly helps first time buyers to get a deposit um, but it can, it only applies to new homes
1: but we don't need to kind of to encourage the building industry. Every builder is flat out at the moment. So, you know, to build new houses, um, we don't need people to be incentivized to do that, although some of the developers say it doesn't pay to build. But anyway, that's it, by the way. But it, there are derelict houses, semi-derelict houses that need mm. a, a good fixer-upper from a couple, but they can't get the help to buy.
0: Um, what they can get is, is is a grant from government. So you can get a grant of between thirty and €50,000 uh, if you take on a disused or derelict property and bring it back into use. So that was only introduced in the last couple of months, 4,000 applications in, in already. So that's that's very encouraging.
1: Okay, but you you, you did look, examine the prospect of no, we, second-hand we, we, we did look at,
0: at applying to second-hand homes, but we, 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 we thought on balance the effect of that would be to drive up the price of second-hand homes without producing any new supply you, you, because, you, you know, you, you by t- definition, if, if you apply to second-hand you homes...
1: You talk about it's, these it's multinationals no coming supply. in to set up uh, businesses here and you don't want to put any inhibition in their way, but the lack of housing for those employees is is a difficulty, some of them having to procure housing themselves. And, you know, there's a limited housing stock, mm. so if they buy the housing, someone else can't.
0: Yeah, it, it is a real difficulty. And, uh, you know, when I meet uh, business among the things they will often raise with me is um, infrastructure issues, lack of housing, um, not getting electricity connections as quickly as they would like, water and so on. Uh, and that is why we're ramping up um, investment in all those areas. You know, we'll put about 13 billion euros this year in, in, into into public infrastructure. For for perspective, uh, 12 years ago, it was a quarter of that. So we, we are ramping up investment, but, you can only ramp it up so fast yeah. because of the capacity constraints around labour, planning, availability materials.
1: Um, I have to ask you about Israel. Um, the scenes in Gaza are horrific, but the scenes on Saturday that we saw, uh, so many of them, not just in the, at the, the music festival, mm. but all around that area of Israel, pretty horrific. And it's difficult to weigh up the moral equivalence of the two actions. Well, But what, what, the, there isn't a moral equivalence.
0: Um, uh, attacks... On civilians are, are always wrong um, they constitute war crimes um, taking of hostages in my view is always wrong um, no matter who 's doing it um, whether it 's here or abroad whether it 's the Israeli government or Hamas um, and as an irish government we're we 're very clear on that um, I, I was horrified to see the events happening in, in, in israel and let 's not forget Hamas didn 't just uh, attack Israel um, it killed and took hostage citizens of countries from all over the world from Thailand to America to the, to the UK um, one of our own citizens unaccounted for at the moment so Hamas's attack was an attack on, on everyone not just on Israel uh, and I believe Israel has a right to defend itself um, it's surrounded by yeah. enemies who want to destroy it um, but it has to the desolation so so that we
1: saw in Gaza is it's it's quite extraordinary. I mean, but, but, literally, but yeah. it, it reminds me of um, so the, what happened to Grozny, for example, or what happened in in Syria uh, when the the Russians laid waste to entire mm. cities. It's pictures like that. Well, it's it's
0: it's not not quite on that scale, um, but I do fear that the response from Israel uh, will be disproportionate. Um, that uh, many Palestinian civilians will be killed, will be injured, will suffer um, and uh, we're calling for restraint um,
1: Do you see any international mediator on the horizon, anyone whose credibility would be good with both parties?
0: I think that's very difficult um, the country that has come closest I suppose to trying to bring peace to the region has been the US, um, you'll remember the, the Clinton initiatives mm-hmm. having got very very close to agreement, unfortunately the PLO yes, our effort walked away from the yeah, With deal the gun the to the his
1: head we're told yeah, you know, do not sign, or you're a dead man.
0: Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I, my party comes from from the tradition of Michael Collins. Some sometimes, if you want peace, you have to make big risks. Ariel Sharon, for example, um, uh, Yisakar Rabin. You know, these are people who uh, made enormous risks for peace. I, I don't see that at the moment in either the Israeli or Palestinian leadership, and that's very sad.
1: Now let's turn to more positive things, and that is uh, Ireland are taking to the field instead of France. I don't know whether you'll ever make it there. I, I won't be there, I know. But I was wondering, if you were there, would you be singing Zombie? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, good to, it's it's a great song. Yeah, and you know the arguments about it, that it was in some way disparaging of particular elements on the island?
0: Uh, I, I, you know, we, we, we had a similar debate around around the wolf tones and what I've said at the time, and I'd say it now, is I think sometimes people read too much into, into the songs that, that, that people sing. I'm not sure all that many people are really thinking about the politics of it. Um, like "Zombie" is a great Munster monster rugby song. You know, Dolores from Limerick. Um, it's been sung at rugby matches for a very long time, um, and you know, it's actually it's a good North South one. You know, bear in mind this is a um, you know this is a team that has support from both communities from North and South, and uh, you know, I think it's I think it's one that we can all sing comfortably. It, it, it is it, it is ultimately an anti-terrorism song. It's it's not a nationalist or unionist song in my view.
1: Well, let's hope uh, that. Uh Saturday after the final whistle, that we are all singing "Zombie" in exultation rather than in commiseration. I hope so, and, and the fields of Athenry as well. <laughs> Tisha Gleave Radker, thank you very much for joining.
0: Green scene on the Pat Kenny Show with AIB working alongside Irish communities towards
1: a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Bingus.